in this edition of The Seeker Podcast. So there's no real reason for us to worry about what we, quote, should do. We just do what makes sense and what we think is the right thing or the best thing or the thing we want to try, right? The outcome will be the outcome. Life is life. This is Seeker with Dave Jenks. I'm Matt Hayes. Dave, we've looked at a lot of big issues in this entire series. I mean, you've shown us this wide-angle view of the seven incarnations and how, in your opinion, they are the work of God. You've even addressed where you believe this is ultimately heading. So your sense is that this process is about achieving an ultimate communion with or connection to God. And you say it will take a long time. But I think most of us, me especially, really want to know one thing, what this means for us right now in this moment. What practical guidance does this give for us in our lives and living our day-to-day lives? How do we take all of this information you shared and implement it into our daily actions? What really matters right now for us? (laughs) Matt, you just keep asking the tough questions. You know, you've challenged me uh, to consider everything from reincarnation to life on other planets or in other galaxies. You've asked about life after death and the existence of hatred between religions. You've even confronted the fact that many religions probably might would consider me a heretic. And now you'd like me to offer some pragmatic answers about how all of this should guide our lives now. I mean, not in some idealistic future. So you've asked another great question. Let's get after it. For me, There are two prime directives that come from the seven incarnations of God exploration. One, curiosity as the prime force of discovery. And two, imagination as a prime force of creation. For me, both of these prime directives seem to be natural outcomes of the evolution of consciousness. We've gone from the creation of the universe to creation of life to the creation of consciousness And this is the natural outcome of that consciousness. See, both directives are an inherent expression of who we are as conscious living beings. And first, we seek to understand. And then we endeavor to cause outcomes. We want to know how reality works as it is. And we want to create the future that we can imagine. So really, we want to truly understand our purpose as spiritual beings, and we want to act on that purpose. So for me, the way to live now is to express and fulfill those two prime directives, to follow our curiosity and to act on our imagination, to learn everything we can, and then to create anything we can envision. I mean, it's ultimately to find and fulfill our conscious connection with God. So that's some great concepts that also seems, though, a bit vague. So I want to know about a a more practical sense. You know, our day-to-day lives when we wake up, we go to work, we take the kids to school, we're dealing with our families and our friends. In that more practical sense, what do we do with our lives? How do we spend our time and, and how do we take this information and implement it into what really matters in our lives? Well, from a big picture perspective, Matt, I'm not sure what we do daily really does matter. In the larger process, everything is moving forward as it was designed to. But at the personal level, what we do and the way we do it is the only thing that does matter. The universe is evolving as God designed it. It will ultimately get to where it was intended to go. That place, we say, conscious connection with God, the seventh incarnation, for me is a given. 
It's not exactly predetermined how it's going to happen, but it is clearly predesigned that it will happen. We can see the path, the direction of the seven incarnations, and we can know that it will eventually be completed. What we each do individually, though, will be a part of that evolutionary journey. We might not have a very big impact on it truthfully individually, but our calling is to participate in it, to be kind of enthusiastically engaged in this journey, to live out our understanding of it and to act on our inner guidance about it. I mean, some people might call this having a conscience or knowing right from wrong or doing the right thing. In a sense, it's our deepest inner wisdom and our grandest insight. It is our sense of personal purpose and of spiritual meaning. And so it's a reflection of that of our relationship with God. I hear you, Dave, but I still, it doesn't seem to tell us, though, what we should be doing, how we should act, the choices that we should be making. You know, the things that we can take away from this and know that I can go out into the world and start doing A, B, and C right now, and I know that we're going to be having this closer connection. So can you be more specific about what we in our daily lives should be doing? Matt, I'm not sure there are any shoulds. I mean, I don't believe that there are externally imposed have-tos. I don't see where God has imposed rules or restrictions or even directives. This really is a process of discovery and creation. We have free will. We can choose what we believe and how we want to live and what we want to do. I know many religions have attempted to lay down their sense of the rules about living, like in the Judeo-Christian tradition, the Ten Commandments, or the Hindu yamas or niyamas, the Islamic, uh, quote, way of life, or Buddha's noble eightfold path. In fact, they are all amazingly similar in their emphasis on peace and kindness and respect for others. They all emphasize the concept of do no harm. And a person may choose, I think, to adopt any of these offerings as a guidance for their own lives. They're wise, and they have been chosen by millions of other people. But for me, the most important guidance comes from inside ourselves, from our own spiritual being. There are emotional outcomes from how we act and what we do. That's our feedback system. That's how we talk to ourselves through our emotions. They tell us how we're doing. They help create our sense of well-being or discontent or even disappointment. I mean, those feelings can create our deepest sense of authentic happiness. Pleasure versus pain and serenity versus distress or fulfillment versus shame. This is, of course, not a simple process. I mean, it involves the accuracy of our own self-awareness and it's impacted by the way we think, our mindfulness, our emotional habits. And we can be misled, no question, by the judgmental feedback from others or the neurotic reaction of our own psyche. Our own sense of well-being, clearly, Matt, is multidimensional. But in the end, we are the only ones who can truly assess our own happiness and evaluate our own sense of right living. And we are better off to do this on our own, carefully and thoughtfully. We need to use, I think, our God-given gifts of insight, imagination, creativity, all those things that are part of our consciousness. But in the end, we are the arbiter and guide of our own life. So I think from a practical, real-life point of view, we just get after it. We live life fully. We seek to learn and understand and become wiser. We make choices. We take actions. And of course, we get to live with the consequences. And we learn, though, and change based on those consequences. 
We deal with adversity and challenges, and we use our own creativity and resilience to get past them. We use our imagination to see new possibilities and create new and hopefully better outcomes. So this feedback and self-awareness really are the guides. You know, success tells us what works and failure tells us what doesn't. And we learn from both. I mean, many of us believe that mistakes are actually the best teachers. We may grow more from our short-term failures than we do from our short-term successes. In a sense, we fail our way to success. And we're playing the long game here, Matt, the long game of living. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And as we look back on our life journey, when we get later in it, we can see the progress and we can kind of get a sense of the direction we're moving and we can get an even clearer picture of where we want to go next. So in the end, we are seeking greater wisdom, increased effective self-expression and a deeper and truer authentic happiness. Dave, this is very high minded. I mean, very uplifting, very inspiring, and in a way makes us want to look inside even deeper and to dig deeper into what we truly want and how we feel. But so often, like what I mentioned before, our lives seem very mundane and full of boring routines. Just we get up, we have this we have to do, we have the job, earning a living, family, mowing the lawn, you know, dealing with all these other things and other people and chores pretty much in our lives. So much of our living just seems to be repetitive and not very meaningful. So how do we deal with all that routine stuff if we're trying to seek for some higher form of high-level spiritual fulfillment then? Well, Matt, I think you've heard, I know I've heard the story where over a thousand years ago, a young Buddhist initiate asked one of the wise gurus, so what is the meaning of life? And that old sensei said, chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water. And for me, the message is this. It's not what you do, but it's how you do it. It's about the way you do what has to be done. The meaning comes from you, you know, from your intention and your wisdom. Whatever you do, no matter how mundane it is, do it with honor, do it with purpose, do it with gratitude. You know, there's probably no life-giving or life-sustaining or life-enhancing work that truly is mundane. I mean, the ideas of boring and mundane come from our own judgmental mind. The way we think about things really creates what they mean for us. If what we're doing is not fulfilling, then we probably need to just go do something else. But the wisdom of that Buddhist guru is clear. Do what you do with focus and with diligence and with love. Or go do something else that's useful. And there is the crux. What is useful? What is helpful? What is productive? That is what gives, I think, any human activity, no matter how, quote, mundane, it gives it meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. Is it useful? Not worthless. Is it helpful? Not harmful. And is it productive? Not destructive. I mean, those are the criteria we use to measure our own work, our own efforts, and our own outcomes. In the end, all of our daily activities, our work, and all of our ongoing thoughts, our wisdom, add up. And they add up for us as the sum total and the meaning, I think, of our existence. And they add up with others to create the sum total and meaning of humankind, right? The ongoing evolution of our social consciousness. So the big picture is simply the summation of all the little pictures, you know, like our vote in a national election. The outcome is determined by the total votes of all individuals. 
So there's no real reason for us to worry about what we, quote, should do. We just do what makes sense and what we think is the right thing or the best thing or the thing we want to try, right? The outcome will be the outcome. Life is life. I mean, as Richard Carlson says, don't sweat the small stuff. Oh, and it's all small stuff. And Dale Carnegie said, stop worrying and start living. Somehow fear, anxiety, and worry seem to work against healthy, productive, satisfied living. It reminds me of the words of Bob Newhart on that great uh, routine he does, which you can get on YouTube as a psychologist, uh, where he lets people talk for five minutes and then he gives his advice and his his advice is, stop it, just stop it. (laughs) And I love it, it's so simple. Uh, You know, and therein lies, you know, I think great spiritual wisdom. Be open, be optimistic, be courageous, stay calm, get after it. After what? After your own personal goals. I mean, Earl Nightingale defined success as the progressive realization of personal, predetermined, worthwhile goals. That's a great definition. And we get to decide what those goals are and how we're going to achieve them. So I think that, Matt, is the ultimate game of life, to decide what we want to do and then go do it. It's no more or less than that. I mean, we can make it more complicated if we want to. A lot of people do, but we don't need to. If we go after our goals, if we seek to fulfill our intentions, if we productively serve others, if we approach life with gratitude, if we are resilient in the face of adversity, if we stay calm in the face of chaos, if we avoid self-judgment, guilt, and shame, if we seek a deeper and clearer relationship with God, that's all we really need to do, Matt. I think the rest doesn't really matter. That is an amazing riff, and I think for many people that probably would relieve a bit of the pressure of how we feel we should be living because there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves that we have to do everything right. We have to do it perfectly. And if we don't, then God knows what's going to happen. No pun intended. But you, I think that's such a great mindset to have as we go through living our daily lives, wherever we're at. And it just can help alleviate that stress a little bit, alleviate that pressure, but know that, you know, have an underlying sense of the direction that we should be going and knowing how we should be approaching these daily things that we should be doing. Moving on, you said to me that you believe that God has established natural laws in each of these seven incarnations. And this is something I'd like to explore in our next podcast. Are you ready to do that? Absolutely, Matt. Let's get at it. And we'll do that in the next edition of Seeker. Make sure to subscribe and to get the PDF of the seven incarnations so you can follow along. You can download that anytime at DaveJinks.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in the next edition of Seeker.